Well, welcome. This is WNZN once more coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Happy that you tuned in to, in another show here with my friend and assistant, David Abood. John, hey, great to be here with you today. And so happy you guys tuned in. Now, if you have any issues uh, uh, with static or anything, I often go with my iPad, my iPhone, or uh, Alexa, if you have that kind of a setup, and just... Uh, just you get a really clear signal that way. But though the signal might be going really good, you know, from the simply from the station. Yeah. But we are grateful for WNZN. Grateful there's this platform to get the word of God out, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. The past several weeks, actually, the past several months, David, we've been interviewing people, right? Like, you know, from Belgium and from yes. Thailand and Morocco and Africa. every other place. Yeah, Africa. <laughs> right. So now we're going to look at the Bible, you know, yeah. back to the Bible, as they said. And we're going to look at this, David, because um, it, the Bible is, without a doubt, I mean, it is the book. It is, mm-hmm. is, is the most incredible book. It's the most amazing book. Even if you're not a Christian, if you just look at some of the things we're going to look at today, like the distribution, you know, how many millions of copies are sold every year, how many languages have been translated in. The fact that it hasn't been destructed. You know, people have tried through the centuries to destroy this book. It just keeps growing and going and growing and going. Yes. And the influence it has on people's lives to transform lives. But not just, we're going to look at not just lives, but literally civilizations, mm-hmm. music, literature, uh, medicine. All these things are impacted by what the Bible presents. And we're going to look at that today. But I wanted to just look at a couple, uh, just a couple little tidbits about the Bible and why, why it's so important. Number one. I'm just going to throw these out. It's written over 16 centuries by 40 men, but what's interesting about that, David, is that these men come from all different backgrounds, you know, from shepherds to kings to tax collectors to rabbis, uh, tent makers, fishermen. But there's one singular message, you know, that there's one God, he's all loving, he's all holy, and he wants to reach out to humankind, to human beings who have separated themselves from God. And how he does that is the grand story, of course, of the Bible. And so it's written in three major languages. Mm-hmm. Basically, the Old Testament is Hebrew, New Testament is Greek, and there's a couple chapters in Daniel and Ezra that are written in Aramaic. But by and large, yeah. it's it's pretty it's mm-hmm. straightforward like that. Yeah. Um, most of the men that wrote, interestingly enough, are not highly educated. They were what we would call working men, like I said before. You know, uh, there might have been fishermen or shopkeepers or shepherds, shepherds and these kind of things. Yeah. It was the first mass-produced printed book Yeah, uh, in the Gutenberg Press. It was the first book printed. That's that's interesting, you know. Oh, yeah. And now you can get a complete copy uh, of the Bible for maybe $20. Uh, or if you want to get some of those first ones, they're in the range of $100,000. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, John, the other thing is the Guinness Book of World Records estimates that the Bible has been printed over five billion times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, five billion times yeah. in distribution. Right. Uh, and there's only eight point eight, about eight uh, billion people on planet Earth today, is That's what they right. estimate. Yeah. So uh, then it goes to the Bible. So in the U.S. alone, approximately one hundred seventy thousand Bibles are either sold or given away every day. Yeah. Interesting. The Bible's the most shoplifted book. Is it really? Uh, yeah. People steal that. it all the time. Some bookstore owners claim that the Bible is the world's most shoplifted book. Uh, but it's also in hotels yeah. because it's available through the Gideons and people are reading it. Right. And I think they might even say you can take this book. I don't know. Yeah. But anyhow, it's the right. most stolen book. Uh, it can be found in almost every home. About 88% of American households own a Bible, but only 20%, according to Barna, 
research, only about 20% of people read it at least four times a week. Oh. Only about 20%. Actually, 19% is right. where he comes. Um, the Bible is the only book in the world that is read by people of all races, ages, economic levels, and backgrounds. It challenges the greatest minds. Many people have tried to learn it and interpret it for thousands of years. So it's a, it's a kind of an inexhaustible yes. treasure. Again, it's 66 books written over a span of about 1,500 years Right. who answered life's biggest questions about life, about mm -hmm. God, human beings, about how did it start, how does it end, what's going to happen when we die. So I know you got a lot of research you've been doing, David, on this very topic. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things I looked at is is why is the Bible unique in its content? Um, and unlike other religious texts um, advocating good works, the Bible uniquely teaches that salvation is a gift from God and does not require human works, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. I mean, that is so important. Um, and and that's really uh, the focus of of our belief system right you know and so when you look at the other works the other the other religious uh books i mean it really stands apart uh on that point alone at least it does to me and so um you know that, that's one of the key points yeah i mean in a sense biblios where we get the word yeah. bible means library it's mm -hmm. a book is where we get the the word and it is a library yep. of 66 books divided into two major sections, the Old Testament, New Testament, separated by about 400 years. Yeah. But it's two books, but one story. It's a united theme, yeah. like you say, David. It's right. it's about the love of God yeah. and uh, God's redemptive plan for man. That's why somebody said you could reduce. Actually, uh, it's a, I think this was a true story I heard as a Bible um, scholar and president of a Bible university on the West Coast was retiring they had this big dinner for him, and all these high dignitaries and pastors were there and missionaries, and they asked him to give a final speech because he right. was going to retire after that. Yeah. And he goes up to the microphone, and they want to know, what did you learn through all these years of study and Bible and teaching yeah. the Bible? He gets to the microphone, and he says this, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible <laughs> tells me so. And then he sat down. Yeah. But that captures the essence of it. The right. essence of the story yeah. is that Jesus loves me. Uh -huh. He came and gave his life for me. And how do I know this? The Bible tells me. It's not a work of literature like Shakespeare. It's not, yeah. uh, you know, Harry Potter. It's not the Iliad or Homer or any right. of these things. It is the story, his story, H-I-S yeah. story. And what I like about it, it is so it is so unified. Yes. Now, here's another fact about the Bible. I'm going to be throwing yeah, these out in the midst of our yeah. discussion. It is loved by many, but also the most hated book in history. A lot of people have lost their lives because they own it. Kings and governments have sought to burn and abolish it, yet God has preserved it for us to this very day. Yeah. There's countries in the world you can go to today. If you're caught with a Bible, you can be in big trouble. Yes. I have friends who are trying to get into certain countries and they were stopped at the entry point at the airport, and their luggage is searched, and they were, the Bible or the New Testament yeah. was taken out and said they were told, literally, you cannot bring this into our country. Isn't that interesting? Yes. A book. I know. You know. <laughs> well, it, there's, I mean, John, there is so much. I mean, I have like 14 items about, uh, you know, why the uh, 14 reasons to read the Bible, too. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, go through those. a couple. Yeah, touch yeah, out a couple. But, um, 
you know, it's how God reveals his character, too. If you look at Exodus 34, 6 through 7, it talks about when he passed in front of uh, Moses. Um, and when you take a look at, you know, what it does for us in 2, Thim 2 Timothy 3.16, it gives instructions for our daily life. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, it also teaches us how to pray. Oh, yeah. So, uh, in there, uh, Luke 11, 1 to 4, it showed how Jesus, when the, when the disciples asked him, how do we pray? And he gave them the words that we need. And, you know, Marilyn and I try and pray this every day. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. But, the, you know, I guess one of the big things, too, explains how, to, how we should share the gospel. It teaches us how to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. That is so true. When I think about how I was in the secular world and when I came to my faith with you and centered on Christ, you know, we were just talking about it before the show, the, the miracles we just even saw last week or the week before or a month before. And it really, there's, it had nothing to do with us on our own initiative or strength. Right. That's when, when they say rely on him. You know, I, I think one of the biggest things that people have to understand when they get caught up in their ways, which I was until about 13, 14 years ago, you just feel you don't have the time. And the Bible's kind of a mythology type book, not true, right. not fact. It's not God's word. And what everyone has to understand is we are living in the supernatural and what the Bible gives us. I'm a big action uh, movie guy. It gives us the armor and the weaponry to exist in today's world. It's a good period. Point. And the beautiful thing about it is you can be a kid, you can be middle-aged or 90-some years old, and you have the same strength with the Bible. Exactly. You have the same supernatural strength with the Bible, regardless of your age. Yeah. You, you bring a good point, David, because all of us, in a sense, were raised in religion, right? Yeah. And, but we didn't have, number one, we didn't have a relationship, I mean, a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And the second, we didn't know the Word of God. We didn't know the Bible. I, I, I Like I said before, the first Bible I received, yeah. this is no joke, I was at the federal building when I was being inducted into the U.S. Army during yeah. the Vietnam War. Yeah. I could still remember there was about 30 of us guys, young guys, yeah. you know, going off to the Army. And we had to take the Pledge of Allegiance and this and that. And then um, Salvation Army came in and gave us a little bag with uh, soap and razors and this and that. But the Gideons came in and they gave us a New Testament, which included Proverbs. I still have it to the day, but it's yeah. real worn and raggedy. But that was the first time... Yeah. I ever own a portion of the Bible. I mean, personally, right? And then the next time would be like seven years later when I came to Christ through what back then was known as Jesus people, Christians, young people. And the guy that led me to the Lord gave me my first full Bible. He was right. an assembly line worker from Ford. And that was it. You know, then I started getting into it and I started, wow. And then yeah. like you, it's all of a sudden your eyes are like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> it's just like this sudden discovery. But it's weird because... Because that's the foundation of the Christian faith to the point where Peter will say, 
as a newborn baby in the faith, desire the sincere milk of the word. You have to have nourishment to grow your faith. And what a lot of people get is they go to church, which is good, but if they get just ritual and church and it's routine and it's not living and vibrant based on the word of God, based on the Bible, how how do you grow and how do you share? That's that's the issue. Right. There's, there's... The, you know, the other key thing is when you take a look at this world and all the anxiety in this world, Chad, uh, especially of recent, you know, with COVID and, and all these addictive behaviors, you know, <laughs> you can come to the Bible and it is the best serum you could ask for. Right. Deuteronomy 31 through 8. When I'm down, I read this a lot. It says the Lord himself goes before you. And will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And, you know, you also will find the will of God in the Bible. It's a good you will point. will find the will of God. Yeah, that's a good point. God. How are you supposed to live? Right. And so, you know, uh, Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will, and it is perfect. Yeah. So that's how that's how you For know you, how to live I mean, life. Look how my family has changed. Look how your family has changed. I hope I I, I believe for the better in so many areas. That doesn't mean that we are perfect. No way. Every single day I have bad thoughts, or you know, my sinful nature comes out. But it really does equip us, and it it gives you hope. Uh, you realize that you're not in control of your own destiny, but you also don't have to be anxious about it when you're following Christ. Exactly right. Right? I want to go back to yeah. one of the scriptures you quoted, David, in Second yeah. uh, Timothy, okay. and kind of drill down on that because it is focused sure. on, the, on the Bible. Second um, uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse, this is, this is Paul, mm-hmm. who's kind of mentoring this younger man named Timothy, and he's mm-hmm. giving some advice, which by proxy, has application for us today, 2,000 years ago. Verse 14, he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. From the childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. See, this is the key, David. Yeah. Why young people or us or all of us went haywire as we grew up is we weren't raised on the Scriptures from childhood. Yeah. You understand? What I'm saying? Many of us came to Christ, thank God, when we're... 25 years old, when we're 35, when we're 40. That's my point. The emphasis there is this Holy Scriptures from childhood. Mm -hmm. Now look at the power, which are able to make you wise. See, this is what we want is wisdom. There's three kinds of categories of books today. Number one, Mm -hmm. uh, information. You get information from the book. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could get entertainment, but you get information. Number two... Yeah, this is very big. People want information today. We got books and, uh, you know, Kindle and every way, other way to get information. Number two is inspiration. There's books that can inspire you to live better and motivation and everything. But number, what the Bible offers, it offers both of those components, but the key is transformation. It will change you. And that's what we're looking at here. He says, what you're able to make you wise for salvation through faith. Well, how do you get faith? Well, the Bible says you get faith. Faith cometh by hearing yes. and hearing by the word of God. So look how important it is to have salvation, let alone wisdom. Then he says this, all scripture. Yes. Now that's important because it's not just the gospels, but it's the uh, Old Testament. It's Exodus, it's Psalms, it's Proverbs. 
all is profitable. Everybody's yes. concerned with bottom line in business, right? Is it profitable? Is it profitable? Is it worth well, this it? is worth it. This is worth it. It's very profitable. And that's just it. I never, I never looked at it that way, John. I just thought, um, I never looked at it as being that valuable or yeah. profitable. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that changed me was when I, what I saw, what it did to you as my mentor, but also, you know, it, it states the Bible is unique in its results. When you look at the other religious books, you know, God uses his word to bring about the results of his choosing, Isaiah 55, 11, But one of those results has changed lives. That's it. Countless people give testimony. Look at mine. Around the world from substance abuse, destructive lifestyles, lying, stealing, habitual anger. That was me uh, due to their following principles and their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and, you know, how you get there is John 14, 6. Uh, you know, um, Jesus Christ, God's one and only son is the way to salvation. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So God loved us so much, he sent his son to die, right. suffer, and uh, rise for us so we would have life eternal. When I actually understood that and took the time to dwell on it, mm -hmm. it changed me. That's everything. And, and when I saw all the people who had changed lives, but they never went. The psychologist didn't do it. Drugs didn't do it. It was the word again. It's an incentive yeah. story. Another good point you bring up, David, is Jesus constantly refers to this thing as my hour. <clears throat> my hour. You'll see that in the Gospels, right? Yeah. What he means is his hour is his death and his resurrection. But the, really, that's the whole Bible, the arc of the Bible, how the story unfolds. <clears throat> it goes to that yeah. moment is last week, which, if you believe it, is the most important week mm -hmm. in all of human history. That yeah. is his hour. It's the every story has a climactic moment, mm -hmm. right? It builds up, and then you hit the climactic moment, and then you have the aftermath. Well, the climactic moment of the Bible, it all points to that moment when the Son of Man, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, comes and voluntarily lays his life down for you and for me dies on the cross, three days later, rises from the, and everything changes, right? But that's that's the record of the Bible. Yes. It, it points to that. That's the yeah. what I call the singular mm. theme. Right. And then that, when you study the apostles, that's always what they're preaching on. They stay on point. Now, they're teaching on good morals and everything. There's philosophy involved. But it's, it's focused on death, burial, resurrection. Here's mm -hmm. the proof. Right. By believing on this, you can be transformed. And that's the key. Not informed, right. not simply inspired, mm -hmm. but transformed. Yes. And that's what he's saying back here on this Second Timothy passage. He says it's profitable for what? For doctrine. Well, that means solid teaching about God, about human, um, about how to get saved, why the necessity of the shedding of blood, for reproof and for correction. This is where the Bible will, will correct you. You know, the, the Bible will encourage you, but the Bible will scold you oh, yeah. in the sense that you read something, you go, oh, I'm guilty of gossip. I'm guilty of this. I, uh, the, It's a mirror. We're going to yes. see there's many metaphors used of the Bible. It's yes. a mirror. It's a sword. It's bread. Mm -hmm. But one of them is it's a mirror, and you can see your reflection there, and it helps you to correct imperfection. Maybe you got an issue mm -hmm. with uh, backbiting or lust or something. It, it'll yeah. point that out for instruction in righteousness. See, the more we study the Word of God and obey them, the more righteous we become. Yeah. The more we righteous we become. Yeah. I compare it to, if I have a glass here, a clear glass, and I fill it 
uh, halfway with coffee, yeah. real dark yeah. coffee. And I keep pouring pure water in there. What's going to happen to that dark coffee? Oh, yeah, it's going to get lighter. lighter and li That's like the human mind. Uh, we don't even realize how darkened our mind is before we come to Christ. But if you, and the Bible is compared mm -hmm. to pure water, scriptures, the more you pour that into your mind, you're displacing that darkened thoughts we have. I don't know if you can ever get rid of it completely, but you keep displacing it, displacing it, replacing it, and before you know it, your mind is being transformed. And you'll look back before you were a Christian, you'll think, I can't even believe I was thinking those thoughts. I can't believe I did those yes. deeds. Am I right? Yeah. Because why? Your mind is now being renewed. It's kind of like you still, um, well, when I first got into it, I, I kind of felt like I was a double-headed date. Mm. And, you know, the, the old guy would still be there and the new guy would be there. And I'd be I'd be talking myself down with the new guy. Right. From all my old behaviors. It got to the point where I was able to overcome that guy. Right. But he still lives within me. Right. Instead of a daily um, challenge, I still have a weekly challenge. With yeah. Him. Yeah. But your hope is that, you know, the amazing thing is when things start to overwhelm me, one of the things I found is some of the best ways to block what's coming in from your head, from both your ears, is to get into the Word. Yeah, right. Because it, it settles you. It, 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 yeah. Here's a, it, one of the terms of the Word of God is it's uh, <clears throat> it has a permanence to it. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't change. That's why Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass yeah. away, but my Word endures forever. It says in Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Now, right. if you look at the world today, why so many people are anxious, so many people are fearful, depressed, is because of change. So I tell people, when everything around you is changing, get with that which never changes. It's the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today. So when you touch or when you dwell, so to speak, you're just reading the word of God, you're reading Psalms, you read. it has a way of settling you yes. because it's permanent. It doesn't move. Then you turn on the news or something, and this happened and that happened, and then, then you go back to the Word of God. Okay, this is the same word I read 20 years ago. It's the same word. You know, this ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's one of the things about yeah. the Word of God. It's not going. My friend used to say, we go, it stays. <laughs> you know, yes. That's what's going to happen. Well, you know, I, if, for those of you like action movies, well, when I read the Bible, it's, I feel like I've, I've got that uh, force field around uh -huh. me. There's no other way to, to describe it in my mind, but it seems like the outside world, I, I don't hear it uh, nearly as strong, and whatever arrows are shooting around, they go away. Yeah, um, That's the best way I can say it. So I would urge anybody that is, you know, about to do something addictive, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol to the point where you don't even know who you are, um, grab a Bible and start reading exactly. and ask God to open your eyes to it, to protect you, to help you get through your, uh, your addictions. Um, the, the, you know, for me, I, I think the things that always crippled me before I, I came to the Lord was my pride, my anger, uh, and I had lack of forgiveness for people. Mm. Uh, I would rather hurt him physically or hurt him some other way before uh, if somebody came against me, uh, it might have just been my background with construction, but um, it teaches us how to forgive. Ephesians 4.31 through 32, get rid of the bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. You know, 
I think one of the biggest things is when I think about Christ on the cross and the seven I am statements, and one of them was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then when the uh, criminal next to him said, you know, um, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And he said, from this day forward, you'll be with me in paradise. Those two statements to me after what they did to him right. and the fact that he still had enough love to bring a criminal up with him right. who seems to, what else do you need to know? It's an expression of yeah. the ultimate expression of love. And right. this is where like the Bible is going yeah. to differ with the Quran. Yeah. Because the Quran says that Jesus did not go to the cross. Mm. Now that's the heart of the Christian message is the cross. Mm. Because it shows the cross shows the depths of man's sin right. and the heights of God's love. Yeah. And then to continue in the second Timothy passage, and I'll quote yeah. where he says instruction in righteousness, then he says in verse 17, that the man of God, remember it started out he was a child, yes. learning is now he's a man of God. Notice you know why we don't have more men of God? Because we don't have children reading the scriptures like that mm -hmm. from childhood. It says the, that the man of God might be complete, in other words, fully matured, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You understand? He's now that's how you're well rounded. Yes. Um, now we put a lot of emphasis on education, financial success. Yeah. These aren't bad things. No. But you you could you could be a very wealthy. We've known mm -hmm. you could yeah. look at the news. Very wealthy celebrity, mm -hmm. prominent men. Broken relationships, yeah. drug addiction, alcohol, all of these. Uh, so, because why? Their soul is not anchored. Mm -hmm. Their soul is not anchored on the Word of God. And uh, therefore, you get all this kind of movement. But that's one of the things about uh, the Scripture. It has that power to transform you at a yes. very, very deep level. Sure does. Now, a similar thing is about the Word of God. I mean, we're just going to touch on a couple things today because yeah. of the time yeah. restraint. <clears throat> but if you look at Hebrews... What Hebrews tells us in chapter 4, uh, something very interesting about the Word of God, the power of God's Word. It says this. Yeah. Um, the Word of God, uh, actually, if you want to uh, read it, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, chapter 4 which verse 12. Verse 12. And 13, yeah. And 13. Uh, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, this is powerful two verses. Notice it says, the word of God is living. Mm -hmm. You cannot say that about any other well, book that's, true. that's ever been written. Mm -hmm. This There's something about this scripture Boy, yeah. because in the Bible, it compares it to a seed, right? Yeah. You can put a little seed in your backyard. It grows up to be a big oak tree. Why? It has life. That's the yeah. difference between a seed and a stone. Right. A stone has no life in it, right? Yeah. But a seed has life. Mm -hmm. The word of God has. You might only get a little bit of the word of God in you. Prisoners. If you study in the World War II, there's a prison camp, yeah. uh, Japanese prison. The guy, all he got was a single sheet of uh, scripture, and he just read it. That's all he had, read it, read it, read it. But that penetrated his heart. It changed and transformed his whole life. Transform one little piece of the scripture. So he says, yeah. it's living and it's powerful. Yes. Everyone that really stays in the word of God will tell you this thing is powerful. Well, so John, you know, there's times when I walk away and I can't get certain scripture out of my head because it's extremely convicting too, right? Because we're supposed to take the old man off and put on the new man. Right. 
and the new man is trying to emulate Jesus Christ himself. Right. Wow. So what a task that is, but that's really what we have the word for. And from the start of uh, Genesis all the way through to Revelations, we realize, I didn't until you and I got together over these years, that this Bible is all about Jesus Christ. Yeah. It tells the story. It prepares us with um, different examples of what he's going to do for us, his love. And we looked at all these various people which are similar to Christ, his behavior, whether it, you know, it was Moses or King David or, you know, um, whoever. And, and we look at right. Abraham, you know, how things were going to foretell what he was going to do, exactly. which is die on the cross and suffer for us and rise again. Right. Um, so in yeah. the Hebrews, he'll go on, he'll yeah. say it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Right. So that's a very important thing, that sword, yes. because it penetrates the division of the soul and the spirit. So what he's saying is really, yeah. when you read the word of God, it's yeah. reading you. It's cutting through like an x-ray. So it's exposing our thoughts, our motives, our mm -hmm. desires, our imagination. It's, it's, it's cutting through the joints and marrow and the discerner of the thoughts, not just the thoughts, but our intents, our yeah. motives. See how yeah. deep it goes? Yeah. And then he says, and then it says, all our creatures are open to God. He sees yeah. everything. But it's the word of God that allows him entry. It, it the word of God is the sword, right? So in Ephesians we put on the armor of God, right? But the way I visualize that, John, is that sword, as you said, has the ability to cut through the material world and get into the spiritual realm. Yep. That's what you gotta grasp. And once you understand that, you then can equip yourself and your family to exist in this world and and handle any uh you know, issues that come upon your family. All of us have troubles. I have troubles. Mm -hmm. You do. Our our kids do. You're not going to be removed from that, but you can handle it in a much healthier manner. Right. And you will see that you are given some grace even when you're going through trials you're right. that yeah, other people right. don't have. Here, here's here's you know, one of the greatest inventors in American history is George Washington Carver. Right. This guy, yeah. he took a little peanut. Right. And it was yeah, I remember. And, and, he, and, he, and he developed all of these. Yeah. Uh, he was average, synthetic, yeah. And, yeah. and scientific, and all of it. It's just incredible. Yeah. Here's what he said. He lived in 1864 to 1943. Yeah. The secret of my success, he was asked, it is yeah. simple. It is found in the Bible. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Here's a place, Pascal, famous mathematician, physicist. Some say he's the inventor of the calculator. He looked way back in the 1600s. He says, in the Bible, there is enough clarity and to enlighten the elect and enough obscurity to humble mm. them. So if the Bible offers enough light for those that seek it, will get it. But there's enough shadow for those that don't, won't. Right. So if you don't want it, it doesn't force itself on you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But if you want it, the yep. Bible says in Psalm, the entrance of thy word giveth light. Yes. So you get more and more light. And one of the main prayers I was taught when I was an early Christian was in Psalm 119, where it says, Open my eyes, Lord, that I might behold wonderful things from your word. You're asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate you so you can understand the yeah. deeper depths of the Holy of the yeah. Bible. Yeah. You know, and man, he will do it. He will show yeah. you stuff. And you know, one of the big issues is how do we know the Bible's not just mythology? Um, you know, it originated in the mind of God. Um, it it makes 
it's not only uh, unique among all its books, but it's also unique among all the treasures on earth. A President Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite presidents, yeah, right. refers to the Bible as the best gift God has given to man. And it, it really is. It reveals God's eternal plan for redeeming the fallen human race, but it gives us so many other tools. And, you know, the sad part is, John, even though there's been billions of copies distributed throughout the world, right? many continue to question its truth. Yeah, right. It's been attacked nine ways yeah. to Sunday. But it, there's a very interesting um, uh, poem about that where it's been attacked, yeah, attacked. But the thing with all these books that attack it, they're gone. They, yeah. You know, they they don't have much of a shelf life. I guess right. would say, you know, um, here let me read this poem. This is I always like this uh, to the point. Uh, he says, uh, "Last evening I passed beside a blacksmith's door and heard the anvil ring in vesper chime. Then looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with the the beating years of time. How many anvils have you had?" I said, "To wear and batter all these hammers so." Just one, he said with a twinkling eye. The anvil wears out the hammer, you know. And so I thought the anvil of God's word for all the skeptic blows have beat upon. Yet through the noise and the falling blows was heard. Yeah. The anvil is unharmed. The hammers are gone. Yeah. For, for people to attack the Bible is like taking a slingshot <clears throat> and trying to knock down the Himalaya mountains. It's like that. You can't. It's. You know, like I said, all of their books yeah. have a short shelf life. This is the best-selling book in the 21st century, right? It's it's just is. It's the most translated book in the 21st century. It is indestructible. Yes. You know, people can accept that, reject it, but it, you just look at the statistics. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's undeniable. Yeah. So the, the Bible moves forward in time. It's not going to be stopped in time. Uh, here's what one poem, Alexander Pope says this. The script, the scripture in time disputes is like an open town in time of war, which serves indifferently the occasion of both parties. In other words, you attack the Bible, you criticize the Bible, then you offer the explanation yes. of how did life begin? What is the nature of man? Yeah. Is there a God? Is What's there a purpose? purpose What's life? going to happen to me yeah. after I die? The Bible has what they call tremendous explanatory power. Yeah. It explains the whole why we're here. God didn't leave us here for no purpose. Yes. We're not like little animals, like ants or squirrels. I got to go around and get a little acorn here and build a little nest there. No, it's called us to a high purpose to know God and live with God and prepare for eternity. Yeah. You know, on top of the the big questions about life that everybody has, and um, you know, in the way they search for Him, you know, in a lot of ways, sometimes it's incorrect. Like they're going to follow history or they're looking for the Holy Grail. Right. Or they're doing this. But he gives us the answer to all the big questions. Why are we here? What's the purpose of our life? Where are we going? And, you know, he also asks, you know, he gives answers to why he stands far off sometimes and hides himself in times of trouble. Right. So that's in Psalms 10 to 1. I can't tell you how many people I know blame God for all the 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 hate in the world uh you know how can he allow this to happen that to happen and I felt the same way until I got into it deeper yeah and I really started to, to understand that I was off in left field mm. I really didn't have any idea how things worked yeah if we don't have a biblical yeah. worldview we're dependent on the world yes. to give us information to form so they, the world might say 
There's no creation by an intelligent designer. There was just a big bang or a big explosion. Man is just a higher grade of animal. You know, he just came up the evolutionary ladder. There's nothing special yeah. about human beings. Right. Uh, don't worry when you die. There's nothing going to come after that. You know, all, don't yeah. worry how you live. You're not accountable yeah. to anybody. Just don't, you know, whatever. But I mean, that's the problem. You know, there's there's no fixed, there's no compass with a fixed north direction. There's no north star. There's no compass. There's no rudder to our ship. Every man becomes a god to his own self. Yeah. It's not good. You know, it, it, we see what we have today. Here's what a famous president, John Quincy Adams, says. So great is my veneration for the Bible that the earlier my children begin to read it, the more confident will be my hope that they will prove useful citizens to the country and respectable members of society. Again, the importance of children. Look, at you know, I mean, we have to give children this early on. George Washington says this, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Yeah. The importance of the Word yeah. of God. So we're going to look at just some of the metaphors that the Bible is... I, I wanted to bring up just, just two other things that have been very important to me um, because, again, God wants us... He gives us the Word and gives us countless examples, but also shows us the character traits of Jesus, the Son himself. Um, and, you know, I, I think the two biggest take-home messages for me is how full of love he is and the fact that he is the prince of peace and how he's so easily able to forgive. Right. Um, and, you know, that's in Isaiah 9 to 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonder Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And he showed that even when he was getting beat up when he was carrying the cross, when he was getting mocked, um, when everybody turned their back on him, when the disciples ran because they didn't want to be convicted too, and they thought they made a mistake, that was he was he a liar? Was he not the right, son of God? Right. How can this be happening to him? Right. So, you know, uh, uh, that really convicts me on a weekly basis just about I want to use physical, um, you know, strength or hurt people, you know, if that come against me, and you just see how he lived. Well, yeah, that's really what we have to move to. Yeah, you bring up a good point. One of the proofs of the Bible yeah. uh, is the prophetic. Yes. That what you just quote again, yeah. 700 years before the, the yeah. birth and the crucifixion yeah. of Jesus in yeah. the book of Isaiah. Yeah. So the prophetic, what you're telling something a thousand <clears throat> years before the event, like yes. Psalm 22 is a description right. of the crucifixion, mm -hmm. That lends authority that this book is true. Now, yeah. we already looked at it's indestructible. Right. I mean, this book is not going anyway. It just right. keeps going and growing. That's the other way. The other way it's proven is historical. Yeah. Archaeology. It, it's sites like yes. Jesus was in Capernaum or Tiberius yes. or Pontius Pilate yes. was the proconsul at that. That's yeah, they validated. get historical. Yeah. It has a historical. It also, one of the proof systems mm -hmm. is transformational. Yes. It's changed drunkards to sobermen. Yeah. It's changed horrific characters, yeah. criminals, criminals to, to they become ministers and they become holy one, people of God. One of the best disciples, well, one of my favorite, I shouldn't say the best, is Paul. And he he was, he yeah. murdered Christians. Was, you know, so to your point, um, I have here a fact um, about 27% of the Bible is predictive. Yeah. 27% yeah. and over 300 prophecies about Christ came true. Yeah. 
So it has that yeah. indestructible yes. quality to it. That's one of the ways. There's no other book like that, John. There's, there's no other book there's like other that. Book like it's that. just, I mean, civilization is is based on this book. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that it it's uh, yeah, it's inspired. It's indestructible. It has unity of message, historical and archaeologically. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. Number the transform lives, but not only transform lives, but transform society. Yes. Look at some of the greatest literature written. Look at some of your greatest scientists, like Kepler, Pasteur, uh, Copernicus, all the way up and down the line. You know, even to this very day, uh, literature. Some of the greatest literature, yeah. like Pilgrim's Progress, yeah. City of God by Saint Augustine, on and on. And then the laws. Or look at America. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal and endured by their Creator. Where does that come from? It comes yeah. from Genesis. So once you start I, looking at it, mm-hmm. but it's really weird how this thing is hidden as we grow up. Am I right? It's like, that's what the enemy wants to do, is hide the word of God. Don't give children the Bible. Don't teach them Bible lessons. Don't, you know, it's really weird. The reason it's easy to hide from my walk is I was doing so many different things. And when you're living in the material world, you forget the supernatural world is also your world. Exactly. And I never understood that uh, until I was in my early 40s. Um, and, you know, um, I never understood that. You've got to be able to embrace that point. And just like J. Warren Wallace said, he was, uh, you know, an atheist. Detective, he kept yeah. a cold case detective for years. He took it through his, old, his whole system. And until he realized the supernatural was apparent he then stopped coming up with reasons this wasn't true yeah right that is the key for all of us is you have to understand we are playing in the supernatural world and this book is not mythology not mythology no. at all you know and that that's the power an avenger game that this is this is reality it's reality yeah. you know here's some of the things metaphors that the bible is referred to um, number one, it's water. Now, remember, Jesus says in John chapter 15, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. It says this in um, Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. And he says he gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So as you read the word of God, it has a cleansing effect on you. Yeah. Okay. The other thing, it's a lamp. It says <clears> in Psalm 119 yeah. verse 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet, it's a light to my path. So do we need a lamp and light when we walk around this world? Yeah, we live in a darkened world. We have to know, don't step in a trap or a landmine. You know, it says in Proverbs 6, For the commandments is a lamp, and the law is light. Reproofs of instruction are the way. In other words, again, it says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. Yes. The problem is, People are walking in darkness. They're bumping into each other. They're uh-huh. hurting each other. They don't know anything about life or about God or what's going to happen after you die because they do not have the Word of God. The other thing it's compared to is the precious metals. It's compared to gold in Psalm 19. Yeah. More precious than gold. It's compared to silver <clears throat> in Psalm 12, verse 6. Um, it's compared to food. As a newborn baby, First Peter 2, 2 says, as a newborn baby... Desire the sincere milk of the word that you might be able to grow. Yeah. What it means is a new Christian is like a baby. You have to have the word of God. 
you don't have to teach a little baby to cry if he doesn't get milk, right? It'll let you wake up at three in the morning. He don't care. Yeah. But he wants. And this is what I didn't know when I first came to Christ. I didn't get the. And there was an initial period there. I wasn't getting the word of God yeah. until the people gave me this little Bible. Right. So as a newborn desire, number two, if you move from nap, from milk to bread, that's why Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. You go from milk to bread, and then as you get stronger in your faith, you go to uh, meat. Uh, for when, It says this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Uh, he says, you, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of God. You are not care- capable of handling strong meat. You just, you know, yeah, we I, all I should be there. I remember when I first met you, you took me over, you know, to your house and we met on a weekly basis and you said, okay, we're going to start, we're going to start really from the beginning. And, you know, and that's exactly what, you know, you started, let's start here with some water, get you a little milk. Yeah. And it, it really is a process, but here, here's the thing. This is work. It's time consuming. Yeah. It's a commitment, but God tells us in Hebrews eleven six. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Yes. Amen. That is so true. And you and I could write a book uh, on how many things he's done in our own lives um, to help us, to give us rewards that, you know, things happening that we never could have done on our own, people we've met that we never would have met on our own. It just is too... The, 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 there's no way our past would have crossed. Right. So he does miracles in your life for the effort you put in. But the crazy thing is, all he wants to do is protect you, love you, and be there for you and bring you into eternal life. That's what he's about. Right. And That's what we're talking about. And he used you to create other disciples exactly. and to show them the nature of his son. Exactly, and change their lives forever and ever. That's the beauty, and we don't lose anything in the in the process. I know. I mean, yeah, we've quoted people these past couple of months, like Charlie <clears throat> up in the up in the Thai, you know, the Burmese yeah. border. Raymond, yeah. started this school for refugee children, or this person over here, or this person over there. It's one person. Yeah, you know, the John, you've been a missionary for over four years. You've seen some incredible things. You were the president of WAC. You put missionaries in different over seventy-five countries, and I I enjoy most with our show the interviews we do with those missionaries. Right, and a lot of them say the big thing they realized the regime shift was when they stopped feeling anxious, stopped coming up with their own game plans. You still have to do certain mm-hmm. things. God wants you to act and be a part of the miracles. But what they focused on was trusting him and and praying to him about what their needs were. Yeah, right. Even the missionaries from WEC said they stopped worrying about funds and prayed to him for what they needed and they received it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a huge regi- regime shift that I, I started to try and figure out, is this really true? Can we just trust him that much? Right. With yeah. our whole heart and soul, and I think when you start to, you will see the breadcrumbs on the path. Yeah, right. He'll reveal himself. Yeah. The other thing that missionaries in these interviews we did the past 
four months, yeah. five months, is the power the Word of God has over the demonic. Yes. Now, Jesus says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Yeah. Well, that's a metaphor for the demonic. And they encounter the spiritual darkness, reality, mm-hmm. and they, they have no reason to lie. Or And these, mm-hmm. these stories are rather consistent, whether it was in Southeast Asia, Africa. or Brazil, or yeah. Africa. Thailand. Thailand, Indonesia. Yeah. And it's here in America, but people don't realize it if you know the Word of God. Yeah. Because light shines on the darkness, mm-hmm. and, the, and there's yeah. real critters out there. There's real dark oh. experience. But if you know the Word of God, if you're a true believer, you have the sword, you have the shield, and you don't have to fear these things, but you have to be aware of this, and then you can combat. And yes. they all told you these stories, and they're <clears> pretty <throat> incredible, but they all these people are pretty focused on the Word of God, you know. The... The lost feeling a lot of people have that are not centered on Christ, and, and honestly, even people early in their walk still have this overwhelming feeling of doom. Mm-hmm. But what we have to realize is the cross was victory, victory over death, victory over Satan and his demons. Even though Jesus said you will have trouble here mm-hmm. as he ascended, we have his shield of protection right. to manage it every day. That's why you need this. You need to be in a church. You need to be with other Christians. I'm blessed to have you and Marie and our whole family is. But you want to seek those people out because there's strength in numbers. Oh, yeah, there's strength in numbers. And you see their breadcrumbs, and that helps you. Exactly. (laughs) We help each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty. Again, it goes back to the Scripture. Jesus didn't leave us alone. I mean, here's what I tell people, believers. Yeah. We are so highly resourced, it's Uh ridiculous. Yeah. Number one. Once you truly come to Christ, maybe somebody's listening right now, David, that they're listening to the program. Maybe they didn't want to turn it on, but they did for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening to this program today, realize that it's not an accident. Realize that God loves you. He's got, he he paid an ultimate sacrifice that you might know him. Now, it's it's not rocket science, as they say, but what what it entails to receive Christ is turn your back on your old way of life. It, It means repentance. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. And by faith, just reach out to Jesus yes. and, and believe that he died on the cross for you. His blood was shed to cleanse you of your sin and take away the penalty of your sin. You don't want to be judged by God for your sins. And then by faith, you'll receive him. He'll indwell you with his mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. He'll open your eyes now yes. to understand the word of God. I didn't understand right. any of this no. before I was I... 27 years old. <laughs> the other thing is, yes, David uh-huh. said, get with other believers. Jesus is the master. He built the whole universe, right? But he also built the church. And Mm -hmm. the church is is a community of believers that come together on a regular basis to worship God, to hear the word of God, Mm -hmm. to be discipled. That just means to grow in your faith, to share with one another, and then to go out from the walls of the church and uh, to share that you yeah. know, with other people, with friends, you know, works of mercy and an encouraging word. And maybe you're going to lead somebody to Jesus like I'm trying to lead you right now. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and then get ready. You know, life. <clears throat> he says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Yeah. All of us are getting ready for our last day, which means we're going to be judged. The Bible <clears throat> clearly says mm-hmm. it is appointed on the man once to die and then comes the judgment. That's what the Bible says. The yeah. world will tell you, don't worry, uh, there's nothing going to happen, you're just going to die, and you're just going to be buried, <clears> and <throat> it's all over. That's not what the Bible yeah. says. No. And this is one of the reasons the Christian faith is the only faith that our founder, uh, his tomb is empty. 
he he got victory over yes. death. And because he has victory over death, he says, because I live, you will live also. Yeah. That's very powerful, yeah. powerful stuff. And you want to do this because God wants to use you to lead your family, yes. your friends, strangers, and just point them to Jesus. You're not judging them, but it's quite enjoyable when you have the opportunity to lead other people to salvation through Jesus yeah. Christ. So I pray that for you, you know, as this show is coming to a close here, that you'll start looking at the scripture, but get with, if you're not a believer yet, you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, get with somebody who is. And most importantly, get with a church where the, where the Bible is taught and preached, yes. and maybe they have a Sunday school program, and you'll start growing in your faith. Uh, uh, yeah. What, I mean, here's the bottom line for me anyway that opened my eyes. If the Bible's truly God's word, we have to cherish it, study it, obey it, and fully trust it. Mm -hmm. And um, if we dismiss it, then, John, aren't we dismissing God himself? We dismiss it at our own jeopardy, at our own, at our own. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that that that. Here's what Pharaoh says when Moses comes uh, to get the uh, freedom for his people out of bondage and slavery. Pharaoh says, "Who is this God, yeah. and why should I listen to him?" Yeah. Really, he's turning his back on God. Yeah, and he's turning him back on the Word of God. The Bible clearly says, "The fool has said in his heart, yes. there is no God." A person is a fool. If he does not at least look at this yeah. to see if it's true. And many, many people, it's what I call unexamined unbelief. Yeah. They will not look at the evidence. I mean, we presented just a little bit in the program this morning, David, but a little bit should cause people yeah. to get hungry. Like maybe this word is from God. Maybe the Bible is true. It's rooted in history. You can prove it archaeologically. It hasn't changed in thousands of years. It's the most best-selling book in the world. Countless people will tell you, it changed my life. It changed my life. It transformed my life. And uh, it gets you ready for eternity. It does. You know, I, it, what, yeah. it, what, there's no there's no downside to this. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you truly get into it. I, I, I think the other thing, too, you know, just before we leave, and we've had people on the show with deep addictions, people that have tried to kill themselves, and, you know, you have to realize that those addiction behaviors, alcohol, drugs, et cetera, pornography, whatever it is, sex, um, those are those are like Band-Aids. Yeah. When you get into the Word, you, you feel healed. You don't have a hangover the next yeah, day. Right. You're not looking for the next crutch. You feel healed. You feel at equilibrium, and you feel protected. Regardless of what you're going to face the next day, exactly. That that's the best reward I think you can. We can. God can give anybody. Yeah, you, you live life. You live life. You enjoy life. Yeah. I'm going to close, David. Thanks for all. The, and once again, we greatly appreciate WNZN Radio. This is 89.1 FM mm -hmm. coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Super happy you tuned in today to the program. Um, you know, it just just really makes me happy that we can share these things yes, this morning with you. Too. I want to close on this. It's it's all about the Word of God and about the Scripture. And here's what it says in Psalm 19. It says, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. In other words, that's the power of God's Word. It can convert your soul if you'll come to it and listen to it. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Mm -hmm. So if you want wisdom, it says you get it from the Word of God. And all these benefits. Then it says, the statutes of the Lord are right. That's just yeah. another word for the scripture. 
it rejoicing the heart. If you really are into the word of God, you're going to have a joyful heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It means you're going to have better, you know, spiritual vision. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, mm. yeah, than much fine gold. What's man after? Yeah. What is the standard of wealth still today? 2,000 years ago, yeah. it was gold, right? Today, it's gold. I mean, the money system used to be based on the gold. Yeah. <laughs> it says, yeah. This is more desirous than that. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. I like this. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned, because it tells us to keep away from, you know. Yeah. Not to, but the, the, pus, the upside of that, and in keeping them, there is great reward. Who wants to have a great reward from the Lord? Get into his word. Get into the scripture. Amen. You know. So once again, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great week. And uh, tune in next Saturday. By God's will, we will still be on. Bye-bye.